trees don't, you know, they don't judge based on like, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too tall, you're too short, you're, you have no leaves, you have too many leaves. They just don't care. They just exist in harmony together. From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature. Real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Caroline Ballard. This time, we'll hear about a woman who went from full speed ahead to a full stop. And then she found a place that showed her stillness is okay. After college, Andrea Sarubi Fareshta started a career in public relations. It was a fast-paced industry. Um, and at the time, I remember getting a BlackBerry and just being submerged in this 24-7 news cycle, which we're all a part of now. But in my job in particular, you know, I was sort of in a world where we were constantly being contacted and having the technology that allowed us to be in constant communication. Andrea was living a fast-paced city life that was defined by her career. But she'd always known that she wanted to be a mom, too. So after a few years, she and her husband started a family. And everything changed. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and that was always sort of my conception of how I would do motherhood, was that I wanted to, if I was able and if I had the resources and the support, to stay home with my children when they were small. And I, there's no way I could have ever prepared myself for what it was actually like. You know, people say it's like going from zero to 60. In this case, it was like going from 60 to a full stop in the middle of the road. And it was something that I, I didn't know really how to navigate because... You know, I'm used to dealing with a lot of tasks throughout the day and, and being very social with other adults and responding to email and posting on social media or writing something or being up on the news and having this kind of period of time that, that I had control over. And then once I had my first son, um, suddenly, you know, you're at the, the whim of a baby. know in any kind of job you're getting feedback you have a performance review you get a promotion or you at least they're told hey this you did a great job on this project when you're really kind of in the weeds of like young children raising you're not really getting that so much you know there's kind of like a, a stereotype especially when you're full-time at home like well what did you do all day it's hard to talk about well I did a lot of laundry and dishes and I played with the baby and we went for a walk and whatever, but it's very amorphous. It's hard to kind of really kind of quantify that. So that was a challenge to kind of go to this space where I was like, well, who am I? You know, am I my job title? Am I defined by where I work or what I do? And then more changes. Andrea's husband took a job in New Jersey. For her, this brought to mind images of construction and congestion. Not exactly a peaceful place for a young family. I remember thinking like, oh no, we're moving to New Jersey. 
But my husband was like, no, no, trust me, you're going to love it. I'm not going to bring you someplace that's like too, you know, congested or, or crazy in terms of traffic and, and whatever. So um, when we moved here, I did not know one single person in this area where I live here, which is central New Jersey. And then I had this little baby and I was staying home. So, you know, I remember just kind of grasping for things that were familiar to me. And that always led me to nature. And I remember seeing around my house at the time, like trail entries, you know, little wooded um, trailways. And they were like beckoning to me. They were, it was as if they were calling, like saying, come explore, come see what's down here. And so I would often take my son exploring, like, let's just see where this trail goes. And sometimes there would be a map. Um, and sometimes we just kind of followed our instincts and we'd often end up at a Creek and he loved just sort of skipping stones and throwing rocks. And I have vivid memories of being in these spaces with him and just being at peace. Andrea had two more boys, and she kept taking them to the woods. The more time she spent with them in the woods, the more the woods started to change for her. There was this one trail across the street from my house, and that would lead me down to the main trailhead, which kind of opened into like a small little meadow, and then there was a creek. So sometimes I would just take the boys down there to play at the creek, but if I you know, just was alone with the baby, you know, then I would cross the creek, and that to me was like crossing this threshold. Like, I'm now leaving the real world behind, and I'm stepping like through the wardrobe into Narnia. This is the, this magical forest that I'm going to spend some time in. And as I've reflected on how did this happen, like, why was that different for me than all the other times I had been in nature? And I do think that the fact that it was me and my little, you know, nonverbal baby or me by myself really gave me an opportunity to be super, super present in nature and observe what was going on around me. Really tuning in with my senses and just letting nature kind of wash over me and and just be a hundred percent immersed in the moment and that was really where i had you know very profound experiences in nature everything from you know walking in the woods and just noticing trees don't you know they don't judge based on like you're too fat you're too skinny you're too tall you're too short you're you have no leaves you have too many leaves they just don't care they just exist in harmony together. That was something that stood out. It was like kind of no judgment. You don't walk into the woods with a title. You know, you don't walk into the woods with um, a promotion. <laughs> You're not going to get a promotion from the trees. You're not necessarily going to get a raise from the trees. Um, it's like a great equalizer. And the other profound thing for me was the cycles, uh, the, the, the cyclical nature of nature and I think that was, that really, really stood out when I just push, push, push forward all the time thinking, go, go, go. Like you do more. If I read more, if I 
you know, study more, if I work more, if I'm more connected, if I'm constantly connected, if I'm going all day long, I'll somehow achieve something. But that's not true in nature ever. And watching the seasons unfold, watching day and night, watching, you know, the cycle of the year kind of take place was just this great reminder that nature has deep periods of rest and what appears to be death in the wintertime before life blooms again in the spring and summer. And then, you know, this letting go. And I just felt there was this wisdom inherent in where I was walking, like that there was more there than just plants and trees. I do remember feeling many, many times that I wanted to share what was in the woods and sort of just wanting to shout like, Everybody come see this. This is incredible. This is like so gorgeous. This is so beautiful. There's so much meaning here. And I feel like we've we've taken that for granted. Like even I I have done that. You know, I've been caught up in my busy life and have driven past beautiful trees, driven past beautiful woods and not given them second thought or not spent intentional time in nature. But then after having that opportunity and feeling what it could do, that's when I felt like everybody should know about this. And I remember seeing an article pop up about this new wellness trend. And I remember reading about it and saying, what, forest bathing? I was like, that sounds exactly like what I'm doing. And thinking like, does this involve soap or a washcloth? Like, are you taking a bath in the forest? No, you're, you're literally like, you know, letting yourself be um, absorbed in the forest atmosphere. And they've done tons of scientific research that indicates there are actual uh, proven benefits in terms of reducing stress hormones, increasing immunity, fighting agents in the body from being in the forest. So Andrea wrote a guest blog post about what she was experiencing. About the trees in winter. The trees are bare, they're spindly and stark, and, you know, they just look like they don't have any life going on in them, but rather than feeling sort of bleak about it, to then turn that around and say, well, actually, it's a period of deep renewal and restoration. And there's a cycle here of um, renewal that is preparing, you know, the earth for the coming spring. So this time is actually something that we can embrace instead of fight against. I sort of just shared it among my own network and people were, you know, like, oh, that's cool. That sounds great. But I didn't hear much. I didn't really expect it to turn into anything else. Um, but then two months later, I had a, a message on through my Twitter account from an editor asking me if I'd be interested in talking to them about writing a book on forest bathing. And I was just you know, surprised and shocked and a little skeptical. But once I talked to her, um, I was like, okay, this is real. And sure, let's see where it goes. What was it like to write the book, especially since you didn't consider yourself an expert? 
Exactly. I mean, and I remember saying that to the editor. I said, well, listen, like, let's be clear. I'm not an arborist. I'm not, you know, I don't have an ecology background or forestry background. But, you know, I said, I have been practicing meditation and and yoga for a decade now. And, um, you know, really believe in these mindfulness techniques and have this passion for nature. And I happen to have a journalism degree and worked for about 15 years as a writer. So that area was covered. Once we'd workshopped the idea of the book and decided that it would be this miscellany style where we would be able to include around 200 entries of a variety of information, that was something that I was just so excited about because what I felt like I was experiencing personally in the woods was sort of a a sacred experience. And The book gave us an opportunity to explore other people around the world who have had sacred experiences, specifically with trees. And we were able to include a bunch of, you know, excerpts of ceremonies, traditions, practices, holidays, celebrations, everything. Why do you think humans experience trees as sacred? I think it's sort of a two-part answer. You know, their stature is one thing. They're so much taller than we are. And there's so much symbolism in, I think, the structure of a tree. A lot of cultures have a story of a tree of life because trees' roots reach down into the earth and their branches reach up to the sky. So, so many legends and lore about uh, heaven and earth involve trees as a link in the same way in terms of the structure, they remain rooted to the ground and steady. They're this just great symbol of strength and resilience. And there's a lot of traditions that sort of revere them for those reasons. I think also, you know, depending on the tree that's in your ecology, your local environment, for example, when I was living in D.C., you know, there's a huge uh, national cherry blossom festival. Cherry blossoms bloom for like one and a half weeks each year. And it's this sign of spring, like spring is here. These beautiful pink, you know, cotton candy effervescent blooms explode on these trees, you know, just for a week. It's very symbolic. It's very symbolic of the evanescence of life, how it's there for a moment and then we're, you know, we're moving on to the next. So I think the fact that many trees go through this cycle of death, the beginnings of life, it's very visual, an explosion of leaves that then burst forth, last through the summer and then very colorfully sometimes drop in the fall. And then even trees like evergreens, like the holly, for example, or the tradition of the Christmas tree. I mean, that's a that's one that we all, you know, many people are familiar with. People have looked at them and said, oh, okay, you're green all winter. You're a symbol of life, symbol of eternal life. Let's bring this inside and decorate it and celebrate this. And we know that even on the darkest days of winter, life still persists. Our storyteller was Andrea Sarubi Fereshta. Her book is In the Company of Trees. You can find more information at our website, humannaturepodcast.org. While you're there, you can also support this show. 
Every donation gets a sticker. And if you can give $25 or more, we'll send you a t-shirt. I'm Caroline Ballard. This episode was produced by me, with editing help from Micah Schweitzer, Aaron Jones, Anna Rader, Destiny Lamas, and Greg Ronco. Our theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human nature.